You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Next up on Destination Freedom. So it's, there's a countless number of people who aren't even in the number who have probably had it, gotten over it. And then it's that whole issue of how it spread. Um, and you have people who think they have a cold and they keep going or you're not being tested or you're getting tested late and you've walked around during the part when, when you're infected because of the inefficiency around the whole testing piece. Welcome to episode 19 of Destination Freedom Black Radio Days podcast. I'm producer-director Donnielle Betts. On this episode, we hear my interview with Black micro-business owner Risa Jones. After a two-year life-threatening battle with a rare form of leukemia, blood cancer, CMML, which required chemotherapy, a bone marrow transplant, and two years of recovery. That's the story to be told. Leukemia is a big part of Risa Jones' story, but not the whole story. At the end of her recovery period, her husband asked her the question, what do you really want to do with your life? Indirectly, Risa answered, I want a tea house. <laughs> tea Lee Tea House and Bookstore is located at the gateway of Denver's historical Five Points neighborhood. In an Afrocentric atmosphere, they provide high-quality loose-leaf teas, food, and specialty drinks, including beer and wine. We hear Risa Jones' story in the time of COVID-19, next on Destination Freedom Black Radio Days. Hello, everyone. This is Donnie Betts, and this is Destination Freedom Black Radio Days. We continue our conversation with various people who have been impacted by COVID-19. Disease doctors, survivors, um, people who work on the front lines. And also, now we're going to talk to people who really have been impacted by their businesses. We have on the line with us today, Risa Jones, who is the co-owner of Tea Lee, a beautiful tea shop in Five Points neighborhood in Denver, Colorado. And we're going to talk about a lot of things today, but we're going to start with something that we were sharing off mic. And that is the fact that her daughter, Sonny, had COVID-19. So, Risa, let's talk about that. You said your daughter works at Mount Sinai. Right, in New York. Correct. Yeah. And she's a, she's a licensed clinical social worker. So she works in the oncology department at, at Mount Sinai. And she had was scheduled to do some traveling mid-late March. 
traveled from JFK to LAX and LAX back in to, to JFK. And this was about the time when New York was beginning to figure out the severity of COVID. So when she left New York, it wasn't in, it didn't have all the restrictions um, that, that came down a couple of weeks later. And coming back into New York, she had a busy weekend. She came back in on a Thursday, had to move, um, got moved, and then came down with what she thought was a cold. And she, so she didn't have any more symptoms than a cold. And then a couple of weeks later, she goes, I think I've had COVID. She said, I've lost my, my sense of taste and smell. And although she works in a, a medical environment at that point, and I think it's it's the whole point around testing that still has lots of issues, was her symptoms were not severe enough for her to be tested. So she wasn't tested. Luckily, and she was able, because of her job, she was able to do most of her work from home in the middle of when New York was really shut down. So she didn't have to do as much traveling back and forth to work. But at New York at that time, when you think about traveling, you go from home into the subway system onto the train and then wherever you're going and back again. And then literally probably six to eight weeks ago, she was finally tested and the and as a result of the testing, she found out that she had the antibodies for it. And luckily, I just think because of of good health and and demographic age wise, she wasn't impacted severely, but she still has a loss of taste and smell. Mm. They still haven't fully come back. No. And that's just <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it just highlights some of the issues that we hear about medically when people have COVID or the fears around getting it and some of the issues around testing. And also, uh, I think you mentioned the fact too, that she didn't have all those symptoms that you're supposed to have before you are tested. And even being in the health uh, care uh, industry, she still was not tested. Now you're talking about from March until just a few weeks ago, six, seven weeks ago, she was tested. So look at that right. lapse time in between. You know, she wasn't exactly. a health, healthier person than the other stream could have happened to her. So Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think it was one of the cries or, or the cry that we still hear in regard to Real frontline people, your the emergency doctors and nurses and whoever's receiving people who really are those critically um, ill people, and you you keep going to work day after day. Right. So it's there's a countless number of people who aren't even in the number who have probably had it, gotten over it, and then it's that whole issue of how it spread. Um, and you have people who think they have a cold and they keep going or you're not being tested or you're getting tested late and you've 
walked around during the part when when you're infected because of the inefficiency around the whole testing piece. Oh, God. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, and my best is Sunny. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, she continues on her journey and, and helping people that she helped, uh, cancer, people with cancer. And now right. she got to look, make sure she looks out for herself, you know, so. Exactly. Totally, totally, totally. And being one of the hot spots in New York, although they're quote unquote flattening the curve, it's still very, very prevalent there. So. Very much so. <clears throat> now, we want to talk a little bit today, um, not a little bit, a lot about um, your business. Your business is Tealy. And, Tealy. Uh, Tealy. It's actually, it's, I know, it's. It's a play on my grandmother's nickname. Her her name, her given name is Evelyn Jones. Okay. And her known affectionately by grandkids and sisters and nieces and nephews, she spelled her name T dash L E E apostrophe S. So when we were thinking of what to name Tealies, it was a perfect play on words. Yes. In terms of a, a tribute to her, <laughs> and it just so happened that her name worked in a way where we could take the T and add T-E-A, for T, and then use the leaves. So it often is, you can hear it as tea leaf, mm-hmm. or, you know, how you hear it. It, it does oftentimes sound like, like tea leaf. <laughs> well, what you're hearing is my Texas twang. That's all right. <laughs> hey, and people without a Texas twang do the same do thing. They? You are okay. not the only one. <laughs> all right. Okay, great. Well, first off, why a tea shop and bookstore? You know, your your husband, Lewis Freeman, uh, really believes in the power of the written word. So we'll right. get to that in a little bit. But why a tea shop? Just in, in in a brief synopsis, so the the tea shop came was born out of um, man, I can't believe it. It has now been this April. I I celebrated my eight year anniversary. Eight years ago, I was diagnosed with a rare form of um, leukemia and went through a bone marrow transplant. Mm. And the the transplant. Um, was a few months of chemo and the cure best treatment for me that I opted for was to do a bone marrow transplant. Okay. So with the transplant, your immune system is completely taken away through um, chemo and then treatments of radiation. And those, those treatments of radiation and chemo for me were done in, in the hospital and then I received stem cells and um, blood from two baby boy and biblical cords. Wow. And it's like a blood transfusion. And you get one small, um, small dose of stem cells and blood uh, one hour. And then there's a second hour where you get the second dose of of stem cells and blood. And that stay required me to be in the hospital for a month because the radiation and the chemo completely 
kills your immune system so it can then be injected with a new one through those transfusions. So I spent a month in the hospital and 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 not that you're old, Donnie, but you may remember the, the movie The Boy in the Bubble. Yes. He had no immune system. Yes. So it, it truly is going through that process is like being in that bubble. Wow. In the hospital, you're in a wing where they pump in the air. Nothing leaves your room. You don't leave that wing of the floor. Your food is prepared through a special kitchen outside of the hospital kitchen. Um, they ask that your laundry be done on that floor and um, so that you can gain your, um, uh, your immune system back. So that process for me was miraculous. Absolutely. I had probably, I had, we had no history of cancer in my family. It wasn't something, leukemia or cancer isn't something that I can think of particularly that runs in our family. And I was actually on a trip. I was in Branson, Missouri. And that week I just became ill in a way that I knew it, it wasn't something common. And I got off the plane and went straight to urgent care. And that began that journey. So then once I finished with the bone marrow transplant after coming out of the hospital, I was off from work for two years. Mm. And that's just in order to be in environments really where you can control it, much like now. Right. So right. Your, your immune system is so compromised that you ease into certain foods that you eat you, and you stay out of germ-infected environments and crowds um, so that you can gain your, your strength back. And I was fortunate in that that process went very well for me and I was able to take off for two years. And then the life-threatening part for me was was prior to that and a couple of of bouts in um in in really in critical condition one with a lung infection ironically lung and blood infection and then them just trying to figure out what you know what was going on took about a month so to fast forward from that after recovering and been home for two years it was my husband who looked at me and said so what do you really want to do with your life? And we all have ways of answering questions indirectly. And what popped out of my mouth was a tea house. But I think it was just, it was the opportunity not to go back into a traditional work world. Right. Um, but to have a business of my own. And I think couple of influences there where why Livingston had Wystone's tea in Lakewood. Yeah. Beautiful place. Yes. And it was, I mean, her opening that up, it was unique and it was calming and I've never been a coffee drinker. I've always been a tea drinker um, and loved the business that she had um, there in Lakewood. And also the opportunity to go into business for myself. I think I'd done, I'd done, I'd done nonprofit. I'd done worked in the corporate world when I was, um, 
in Branson, I was working for the National Conference of State Legislatures, NCSL, doing event and project management work. Uh, you know, a, a good experience. And it just gave me the opportunity um, to, to be a business owner and to really take, I think it really did, to take all the things that I'd done before, put them together and to make a business, to give the business an opportunity to fly. So that's how it happened. So in October of 2012, we sat down while I was off and did a business plan. Um, I actually went to work for Wise Stones for a year because Y transitioned out of her um, restaurant in Lakewood to a to-go coffee and tea shop down the street from where she had been. So it was the opportunity to actually go into a business and actually work it for a year, be a working manager there. And I guess it didn't deter me or scare me too much because after that year, um, we started to pursue the funding and look for the location of Teeleys and all the licensing and things attendant with opening the tea house. So that's how it happened. That's a, that's a beautiful, beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, on your journey of eight years ago and now still today, we just applaud you and so happy for your recovery. Um, you know, we've been friends for quite some time and I just have seen you in all kind of, I think all kind of phases of your life. You know? so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this is very exciting. We just applaud you. So uh, with the opening of the restaurant now, like I said, it's in Five Points, a uh, traditional um, historically black neighborhood in Denver, right. Colorado. Uh, but it's uh, like many neighborhoods around the nation, it's being gentrified. And there's a Absolutely. lot of growth that's happening in the neighborhood, good and bad. Um, right. So um, you, you bring, now you have your lease there in uh, 22nd Avenue and um, you open up your shop. And I know that was a struggle right there just to get it open. Uh, I know that you and Lewis did a GoFundMe page and to get some of the rest of the financing to get that up and going. So right. You, and you, so you're going and you, and things are starting to happen and doing okay. Um, and then you, a major, major hiccup comes and that's COVID-19. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and right. so like a lot of small businesses, especially black and brown businesses, um, the, the we thought was going to be a lifeline. That was the PP loans. Um, so <laughs> you apply for these loans, and tell me now what happened. You know, I when you were talking, I was thinking of the word, the African word, sankofa. Yes, <laughs> and the and the Sankofa bird. Yes, and you and you go backwards to go forward. So I think for us, one of the things that happened. So you every I think this the story that I'm telling I've told up to this point is the one that I tell because that is the story. Um, but really, when you go through something, you have to learn the lessons that you learned when you were back there. Mm. Um, and I think. The, with COVID, the irony was it was it was March 17th. We were coming um, the weekend before. We had just done a birthday party um, for Lewis at, at the tea house. And Raj Delari came and we had done dinner. And 
that was on I think that was the 6th of March. It was on a Thursday. It was great. It was it was small, it was intimate and Raj is wonderful. Um the the weekend coming, we had a couple of events planned and we started to get calls where people were a little shaky about whether they should do any events with anybody. And so we were having cancellations on Saturday and we actually had something booked on Sunday. And then by the time we got to Monday, the governor announced the orders to actually that the city was going to be shut down. Um, and we kind of went back and forth for all of about 24 hours around whether we should we should open and try to do takeout because restaurants that had food and if you had the capacity at that point to do the takeout, they would have been considered essential so you could still stay open. Tealeys had never really functioned um, as takeout. Um, although we have a liquor license at that point in the city, there was no to-go takeout. And that, to me, is so crazy. And I laugh. I tease my husband, who's from New Orleans. <laughs> the only time I had ever seen takeout alcohol like that is you go to, like, New Orleans, and they have the drive-up daiquiri. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Just to wrap your head around the fact now that if, you know, if you put some tape over the hole and put the city sticker on it, you can take alcohol out to go like crazy. Um, and then Denver a while ago had instituted, if you don't drink a bottle of wine, you can take the the wine out and now they're like, and now you can sell, you know, you can, you can sell bottles of wine. Um, so we weren't we we weren't ready to do that, and I don't think that was even in place yet. And then we had just, uh, the way that we serve food, it just it was always food that was better in than out, unless you were doing pastry or tea, right, or coffee. But we never really thought of ourselves as a to go place. Well, the whole point of your place, I think, is is the calmness of it and 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 the meditation yes. and that sort of thing that you have with drinking tea and sitting right. down and shutting down for a while exactly. to enjoy yourself, to slow down. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why you really didn't have strong Wi-Fi or maybe Wi-Fi at all because you wanted people to <laughs> right. unplug, you know, and enjoy exactly. themselves. I'm sorry, but yeah, I just I was just no. thinking about that because you know that's what I like when I when I come there. You know, he's like. I'm sitting now relaxing and talking to Lewis or talking to you and you know, there's no interruption. Exactly. No. And our theme is the rhythm of tea and it, and that's, and it goes also goes back to tying into my grandmother. So my grandmother lived to be 98 Mm. and, and so my grandmother, my, and the reason why we're in the five points is um, neither one of my parents are from here, but when they moved here, they, I mean, they went to manual, they lived either in five points or growing up initially till I was seven, I lived on still. And then my grandmother moved into that house on still. And then we moved into park Hill, the typical movement. Right. Um, and then at my grandmother's house on steel that on 30th and steel, those houses were like two bedrooms, one little bathroom, right? Small places, <laughs> living room. Yeah. But huge backyards. Right. right? Yes. And, and you always, my grandmother was 
they it was about everything always seemed plentiful even if she had a little there was always something to share mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then as a kid you know i just remember at thanksgiving whether or not you like football that was america's team dallas was on you had this big dinner your family was always there and it wasn't like you separated off because somebody had a phone in their hand or right, a computer. Right. And it was always like the good food, the good conversation, the camaraderie. So I think the model for TVs is thinking about those times when it really was about having that place where you can go, you can relax, and you you talk and you meet up with people. Right. Um, and so that really is the basis of Teeley's and we didn't want to, to lose that. And, um, and just trying to jump into something we had never done before. It took a moment. And then in addition to that, it was trying to be healthy and also not give or take anything at that point, because all of a sudden, something we've never been in in a pandemic what does that mean and what does that mean that the whole that the whole nation is shutting down i mean it's almost like something out of science fiction right right um and my mom lives here she's good she's well um she's healthy but my mom just she just turned 81 in june and i've been the one like they said you're the other thought is she doesn't need a, a she needs she doesn't need a caretaker she she does wonderfully by herself but i go i was at that point doing grocery shopping and any errands um for her as you know as you're trying to scout out toilet paper and paper (laughs) (laughs) basic supplies and i think we were exhausted we had had an exhausting um two years yes so we we decided to just to hunker down i think it was a moment to just to stop and just to hunker down and the irony of that is since we've done that, the conversations, I think people are at a weary stage right now. But initially, I think it was the gratefulness that you could just stop mm-hmm. and you could just mm-hmm. think and yes. you could just um, be. And I remember probably back in February when we were close to our two-year anniversary I said to my husband, kind of in jest, because now you've had two years of been open, but we had two years of just trying to get open. And I, I was just like, wouldn't it be great if we could just stop and <laughs> do nothing? Not not nothing, but right. the, re- the reflective piece of saying, okay, <laughs> what did we do well? What could we do better? Right. How could we stop? And I was thinking, gosh, if we had if we had a month and then we could reopen after doing sort of a critique and a reopen, wouldn't it be wonderful? And we got that. But I mean, not wanting it to be something where where you have 100,000, 150,000 people dying or people very sick. Right. But it happens. So yes. it's also taking that moment to say. Um, 
how are you reflective? And I guess it's it's like Donnie McClurkin has the song, You Just Stand. Yes. Or sometimes you just need to be still. And I think there weren't two people in the whole wide world who needed probably to just stop and be still for a moment than we were in that moment. So in, in, in that moment, you know, so now you, you reopen July 1st and uh, we got about five minutes to go. And, okay. Uh, in that, um, a, a lot of small businesses like yourself apply for the payment protection program. Right. And um, the fact that you were so small, you are so small, you're just, a, you know, a couple of people, yourself and your husband, sometimes a couple right. employees. I know that was one of the reasons that you may have been turned down, but you decide even to hold off from the May opening that the governor had talked about until July 1st. Um, how has that been since you reopened? So we actually have not opened yet. We took okay. our time. And the, and the reason being is you don't just reopen. So a couple of things, you're at half of the capacity that you were. So it meant we had to rearrange the entire um upper and lower floors and that's what we're in the process of doing now and then the part that i was talking about is probably being your own critic and Mm. saying what can you what can you do better and how can you exist into the future because there's so many businesses that are not yes we've added We've decided to add on takeout. I'm in the process of applying for the curbside and some extension of our space to the outside. And then I actually did a uh, online boot camp through um, Makisha Booth, um, Sisterpreneurs, which was wonderful. Nice. And so if we were to have to shut down again, how do you help yourself to exist as you move forward. And like you were saying, the last year, we've only been open two years. So really you're a startup. So the first year we had employees this year, we were going, and we still are. And by the way, this is a plug. If anybody's listening, we happen to need a cook and we're looking for, um, uh, another staff person. But at the time we shut down, we were just in that process of gaining more employees. So the year previous, it was the two of us that were really um, working the business. And so when it came to the payroll protection um, program, we we as a small business didn't qualify because we didn't have employees. You had to have the employees. And I know the intent of it was to keep people employed or when you reopen that people did not lose their jobs. Right. Right. So that was the challenge. And then, and I, and I know some small businesses who, who did get it. So it's not like, I don't know anybody who didn't get it, but we happened to fall in that crack where we didn't get it on top of the fact of how the banks process loans for businesses. A small business can be millions of dollars and hundreds of people. Right. And again, that would, that was the biggest story out there. So a lot of what I call mom and pop smaller businesses mm-hmm. where we would be, or when I talked to uh, like Mility at the um, Whittier cafe, another great place in the city, and I and I, to quote her words, she goes, "We're the micro businesses, and those and those thousands of micro businesses that exist, 
They're also part of that engine, but there wasn't consideration of that engine. And then I think the other piece of that, as people of color, our access to capital, even when you start up a business, is always a challenge. And oftentimes we're starting businesses with our savings, with family, friends, um, <laughs> right, right, however right. you beg, mm-hmm. borrow, and steal. Right, that <laughs> village, that village of uh, investors, rather than you got it. <laughs> those uh, angel investors. It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, Risa, this has been amazing speaking with you. Uh, we got about maybe thirty seconds to go. Sure. Uh, anything you'd like to say in closing um, <laughs> to the folks out there? As, first, I talk about you. You mentioned a uh, resource of sisters, uh, sisterpreneurs. Um, yeah. And then you also mentioned um, that you guys are looking for a cook as well. What is your What is your website? www.teleysdenver.com. And we are at 611 22nd Street. And that's Denver, Colorado, 80205 between California and Welton. And we should be open. And don't quote me. Follow the website. We're working to get open um, mid mid-August. Great, great. So we're speaking and have been speaking with Risa Jones, co-owner with Lewis Freeman of T. Lee's, Lee's <laughs> <laughs> Tea Shop and Bookstore in Historical Five Points in Denver, Colorado. Talking about uh, many things, COVID-19 uh, directly impacting her family, also how her business was impacted and just getting a business started. Uh, so it'll be a lesson in that, how to have patience and getting your business started, especially as you said, micro business. We thank you so much for being with us and we hope to speak with you again soon. All right. And thank you for your over 30 year friendship. That's what I was just telling my oh. husband. I can't believe it. It's been more than 30 years. Thank you, Donnie. I know. Well, I, I value it and I appreciate you. Me too. All uh, right. Take care. You too. Okay. Bye. That concludes this episode of Destination Freedom Black Radio Days. Our producer-director, Danielle Betts. The 2020 season will examine the issues facing communities of color, exploring police shootings, immigration, health disparities, and gender bias. Support for Destination Freedom is provided by the Bonfee Stanford Foundation, the Ulipians Fund of the Denver Foundation, Arts and Society, and Karen and Johnny Klein. Destination Freedom Black Radio Days is produced by Danielle Betts. The series is remixed by Maurice Smith, a.k.a. Reese. Make sure you check us out at NoCredits.com and pick up our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Radio Public, Spotify, etc. Follow us at Twitter at Donnie Betts, hashtag NoCreditsProduction, LLC, hashtag Black Radio Days, hashtag Destination Freedom Black Radio Days. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.